Croeson, welcome back to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast sponsored by, as you all know by now, the Fatball Bar and Restaurant, Fatball, yeah, and assorted sister restaurants and sister bars. How many are there, Tim? Name them. Oh, no, I'm not naming them. You've got the Carnivore, you've got obviously the the, the, the peak one that I've just mentioned, the Fatball. Um, there's the one that's reopened in mold, which is the fat boar. Um, there is the buck. There is the buck in Bangrandi, which has now become under under the old Bardon Rich ownership. Nice. Um, and there's the mice Quinn. Yeah. And there's so, the mice Quinn. There's a mice Quinn there because of Hill interest Street, to our yeah, Hill Street, of course. But visiting fans, of course, come into Wrexham. If you're uh, new Wrexham fans listening to this podcast, the mice Quinn is a is a must go to, isn't it? On the on match day for a pint. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Thank you to the Fat Ball for covering our costs, as always. Uh, disappointing weekend, though. Uh, we lost to Newport 1-0 at Rodney Parade. I think three of us were there. Uh, myself, Andy and Tim. Uh, Liam, as we know, doesn't leave Wrexham unless it's the FA Cup. Yeah, Blackburn. <laughs> uh, and very, very. you must be very glad he didn't go yesterday because that was... Pretty grim, Andy. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Okay, there's mitigating circumstances, and I'm sure we're going to mm. get into that. Uh, but yeah, the whole, the whole sort of play on the field. I know, you know, we were we were losing Fletcher. We looked at the team and thought, oh, I'm not so sure. But we've said this before, and Parkinson's pulled it out of the bag. So you can't go in with a negative attitude. Um, so you know, you, you know, we all started with. Quite brightly, I thought yeah, it was quite a clean slate, and then and then what happened happened, and I think a lot of people thought that they were justified in what they thought before uh, by saying that they were worried he was playing. Um, let's get into it. Come on, it, we, we we love a witch hunt. Shall yeah. we? Shall we? Shall we chase um, Will Boyd out of the um, uh, out of out of Wrexham with pitchforks, Tim? No, because we're better than that. We we have to be better than that. Um, if Will Boyle stays on the pitch, we still don't win that game. Uh, we, I, yeah, I, we were poor. We were poor I, start. I, I know Parky's trying to put a, a bit of a, a top hat on it in his in his post match comments, but if he stays on, we, we we're still not getting any. We was we were just second best from start mm. to finish, and like for me. I mean, you know, we always praise the team. We mostly have praised the team because of what they've been producing week after week after week. But obviously, you, know, you have to criticise fairly. And I think the, I think the criticism is fully justified on this occasion. I just think it was probably, for me, one of the most uh, uninspired performances under Parkey. I'd probably even include the Stockport hammering in that because at least we give it some sort of go in the second half. There was just... It was just nothing. The passing was uh, off. I just I, thought I, it was bad. I'm going to bring in some mitigative circumstances. I mean, the obvious one is the red, right? I, 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 my feelings at 15 minutes were we're not playing well here. Newport were they weren't really creating anything, but they were dominating play. There were some sloppy passes at the back going up. I got into touch, but I wasn't too worried because we pretty much always start slowly, um, and especially away. And I wasn't that worried at all. I thought, right, this game is going to be tight. Not many goals in this and we might nick one. Once the red card happened, you know, you could just write it off, essentially. The, the you know, the, the mitigating stuff, the pitch was bobbly and I think they struggled to adapt to it. Not, it's not an excuse because it's the same for both sides. But, you know, I think it just added to the fact that they struggled. Um, and the plus side, if we're searching for anything, I realise this is a bit, you know, clinging to clinging on to barely anything here, Andy. But it just Newport didn't really dom as in they, they didn't create a huge amount in the second half. There was a there was in fact there was a 10 15 minute period in the second half where we had a bit of a second wind and we Bar, Barnet was causing them some trouble. But you know they, it's not like Newport absolutely put us to the sword. No, they did not. Um and to be honest, the header for the goal was an absolutely brilliant header. It was and, lovely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, nine nine six or seven times out of ten he didn't score that. Uh, and if he doesn't, their crowd gets more and more on their back because they should be winning. It could be, yeah. it could have been a different game. It could have been a different yeah. game. I like the fact that Parky changed things in the second half. Yeah. He realised that we don't have any pace, so he tried to bait Barnet further up to try and expose 
expose that, maybe get maybe get Newport on on the back foot a little bit. Um, I do think we have to talk about if we thought it was a, a red card uh, because when I saw it in real time, I thought no. I was sitting next or standing next to Tim, who said he's going to go here. He's going to go here. Um, or was it Lewis? What one of them just sort of said, right? It, it, it was it was it was Lewis, but I kind of was puffing my cheeks out and kind of um, yeah, preparation. Yeah. You were preparing yourself yeah. for, for the yeah. worst because the referee did not see it. He did not no. see it at all. Uh, so the Lino's given irrelevant. It. Yeah, the the Lino. Liam, you watching it from home? We were yeah. watching it there from different angles. What what was your gut instinct? Uh, I I, I don't know if it was so much from what I saw of the tackle but more the the commentary they they immediately sounded like they thought he was going um so inevitably i did watching it i think it's in the heat of the moment i thought it was a probably a yellow card but i'm conscious that officials in this league always seem to lean towards the harsher conclusion and i think watching it a good few times afterwards i think it was probably the right decision that the follow through and how high his his foot was i don't think you can argue too much I, so I, I always go on, Tim. I was just saying, so let's have a straight up around the room, straightforward yes or no, if it was a red or not. Liam's gone yes. I think, Andy, you've. Confirmed I, I mean, him. two things. I mean, yeah. I, no, I, yes, I, just, just, just call it. Yeah, yeah. The game for so long, no, but in but, today's current rules, it's a yes. It is a red right. card. Reese. Um, no. Okay. Why? Uh, I just think where so if you kick a ball, just just take it away from that one at the moment. If you kick a ball and your foot comes up because you've because you're following through and it hits someone who's standing right in front of you, is that a red card? And if you hit them with your studs up, I I, I don't understand. It is because he got sent off. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but as in like in 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 the laws of the, ge- in the rules be? of the game, no. as far no. as I'm aware, there's nothing because everyone goes, "Oh, studs up." It's like, well, there's nothing in the rules about studs up. That's just a, a euphemism. That that's just a cliche that people have got got in their heads over. It, the, the rule is whether it's I can't remember the exact wording, isn't it? Reckless or whatever. Out of control. Out of control. That, okay, you, you could make an argument it was out of control. To be fair, right? But both his both his feet aren't off the ground, though, are they? There's only one. So, exactly. So one one was behind him. Now the other thing is the Newport player. I don't know how much it actually touches him, but obviously he sort of he sort of crunches up and sort of jumps in the air and then go it flips to one yeah. side, doesn't he? So yeah, I mean it's he's a, always a... going to do that because we we our players would do that, and if they didn't, yeah. we that why not? Uh, and so. I... And I say I say no without being. I could totally see why they're giving it, and I'm not moaning at all. I to, I, I I genuinely get it, and I'm happy to chalk that one off. Not a problem. But yeah, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that should be a challenge like that should be a red card, really, unless unless they're confident that he has deliberately or recklessly lifted his foot like that, which I don't think he did. Well, he hasn't put his he hasn't angled his foot towards him really, has he? His foot's just been no. He's kicked the ball, and his leg has just followed up. Yeah, yeah, but also he hasn't put it down. If you know what I mean, so there's, yes, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, two yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. he's not going up really. and gone right. I'm going to get you, but he hasn't gone. Oh god, was, this, this this could be. Dangerous. I think it was the challenge of a person who's not played a lot of football recently. Was yeah. was was sort of the the my gut instinct. But yeah, uh, I, I think it was I, red. I I think it. I don't think it was red. I no, I think I, I think it was. I, th- I think it was um, because contextually he's give. He's kind of give the linesman an easy decision to make because he can he loses control of the ball to begin with. Then I think he's overstretching. Yeah, I think he's a yard behind. He, he feels like a twat that he's lost control in a dangerous position, so he goes in overstretches, committed. Of course, he's committed. Um, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not malicious. And so, I mean, if, if you if you if you look at Parky's post match presser, he doesn't. He, d- he doesn't castigate the referee. You can't hang him out to dry. You can't no. hang him out to dry. No, he can't hang him out to dry. No, and, 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 and to be fair, I'm not hanging the referee out to dry either. No, no. And it's a typical, the Lino's seen that in a split second. He's seen studs hit just below the knee, to be honest. And I could totally see why he's given it. And it, it, maybe it is red. I don't know. Parky, for me, I think he, he just kind of, I think he, he was masking his, his disappointment for um, the sending off, both on the decision made and for Boyle, Boyle in making Boyle. the challenge, I think. Yeah. Um, that's the way I saw it. I put a poll out yesterday. We had nearly 2,000 votes. Um, 43%, it was 100% a red. 36% no. And 21% said no, he won the ball. So, you know, quite 
quite a close close vote in that regard. You know, mate, I was I was reading the replies under that, and it was interesting that there was two yeah. no, never read, and very polarizing, isn't it? Yeah, very very down the line. The thing, the thing is, I the mean, the doors just back. come off its hinges, so I'm gonna have to go and deal with an incident. Go and do that while we fill the void. <laughs> Which door? The shed door. He's either talking about the storm that's currently hit Wales, or he, a cowboy's just burst into Reese's man shed. <laughs> this no, is, this is actually a serious incident. I'll try and show you. Uh, Andy's about to do. Uh, I don't know what Andy. I'm gonna do because there's a storm. And I now, and, oh, oh, let me show you my... And he's about to do his best Michael Caine impression about blowing the bloody oh, doors off. Go, but... go on, go on, hit us with the Michael Caine impression, Andy. That oh, door wow. just come off. Oh, oh shit. Better tea cut to sort that. Uh, Straight out. And it's the 90 miles per hour winds coming tonight. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's grim. It's grim. Um, right, um, just, okay. just, just before we move on away from the, the, the boil thing, um... Isn't it weird that I think if 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 we'd have said any of those other defenders had been sent off, we would be sat here going, it might have been a different game if we'd had him on the pitch. But because it's Boyle, we're like, it doesn't make much difference. And that is that is a slight on him. He's probably done himself a disservice by getting the opportunity to come back in with so many injuries elsewhere. And it's backfired pretty um spectacularly really so where does that leave him for you well for me i mean i just don't think he fits the way that we're playing anymore parky now knows that the way to really get after games is with ball playing center offs boyle is not a ball playing center off he is uh mm. he is the percentages man uh, you'd be great probably against blackburn or somewhere like that where you're not going to have as much as a possession but you will want to head everything away and you know Tackle, tackle everything. Yeah, Boyle will be fine for that. But we, we're not in that sort of in that position at the moment. We need our centre halves to come out with the ball and, and start attacks because if we're just getting it and, and 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 twatting it as high in the air as we can, well, we're not going to make hay. And that was what was a lot of the problem with the start of the season, why we had such a sluggish start. And we've learned to play a little bit more football now, especially at home. So I don't think Boyle fits into that, and that's probably not Boyle's fault. Um, he was. It's not his fault that Parkinson bought him from from Huddersfield. Um, so I'd, I'd be very surprised if I, if if he uh, if he stayed past the end of the season. But who knows? You know, we might we might have an injury crisis. He might come in and and all of a sudden he's a hero again. That that could happen. That's that's what how football works, isn't it? We're all we're all watching Reese's um, uh, laptop camera. See if he gets existential crisis. Airplane. Just about to come in and say, I think I've got to go, lads. I, I I'm just looking at this with not a clue what I'm going to do because it, the wind's so strong. I've got nothing that's going to be able to protect my lovely Rex the hinges, on the wall. Are the hinges come off? Yeah. So I, the the door was closed. It's a it's a it's a is it a pat? Yeah, it's a patio doors, um, yeah. and the doors opened up it's a bit of a funny handle so sometimes the latch isn't amazing and with the wind has just taken it and opened it at such a velocity that it's come off the hinges and i think they've snapped um your microphone's oh. also gone, gone really loud you sound like a panicked airline pilot <laughs> mayday mayday the sheds <laughs> the sheds are blowing through right okay Reese, I think you need to go and sort that out. To be I'm going to wish you the best, gents. And uh, yeah, um, what did I have to say? I d one thing I was going to say: first 15 minutes, I didn't think Boyle was particularly any worse than any other defenders. And so any anything on that is a bit harsh. Anyway, have a good one. Right. You've broken like... your neck, Reese. <laughs> well, well, that guy comes back. He comes back, one, <laughs> comes back for one pod, and his fucking door falls off. What is the what is the use of that guy? The, amount, the levels this man will go minutes. through to get out of this podcast is pretty. Yeah, I, re I reckon his heavily insane. pregnant good lady was standing the other side, pulling the door off, going like this. Now <laughs> <laughs> and then he's lads, we we be shed doors blown off. Um, <laughs> right, this is this is one thing that, that Liam sort of mentioned earlier that. There was a lot of fury around this this performance and this loss, and a lot of people. So I saw someone on um, on the, on the Facebook chat saying "Parky out." I don't know if it's a piss take or not, but are we a little bit entitled? Do we sort of feel that 
that you know we're Wrexham and we shouldn't we shouldn't lose anymore because we are going to lose matches and I think we better get used to it. Uh, Liam, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's an element of people being spoiled has crept in very gradually. Um, we're we're going to lose matches and it's perfectly normal. Fair enough in a campaign like last season where you're going toe to toe with another team who are on course for hundred odd points and there's only one automatic position. Okay, I sort of get why it might seem like a disaster when we lose, but when there's three automatic positions, you can afford to lose more games. It doesn't have to be this existential crisis every time we lose. You know, there's people saying, "Oh, the coaching's not very good," or "Oh, you know, is it the is it the medical team because we got so many injuries?" I'm just like, "Well, look, we're still second at the end of the day, and more often than not, we tend to respond quite well to to bad results." So. I can see what I like to be honest. I mean, I, I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who wasn't there. I can imagine if you've traveled to Newport or what have you, you know, it's really frustrating and that type of thing. But I think it just helps sometimes just to have a bit of perspective. perspective. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just enjoying, I, I am still to some degree just, you know, it sounds daft, but just enjoying playing these sort of fixtures again. We've been spoiled for decent fixtures lately. Um, and they're not going to all go your way, though, unfortunately. No. Um, can I just sort of mention more the broader? We'll, we'll probably come back to this point, but can I just mention a bit more broader around the away day experience? I mean, I think we don't know how lucky we are. No other sport really, really does this. No country does this to this level. You know, it's our culture to go away in such in such big numbers, and the geography allows us to do it. I mean, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed yesterday meeting people at the. Uh, at the coach station a couple of hours before kickoff. Paul Hughes came. I didn't even know he was coming. He was on our coach. I had a good good chat on the way down, a couple of beers. We got had a I had a pint in, in the pub right by the by the railway station, talked to some of the locals, you know, we, we packed out the tiny rebels so much so that people couldn't get served and they had to leave. Um, you know, I saw Tim at the game, stood next to him. You know, we had a good sort of you know, good sort of chat for, for 90 minutes, people you don't normally see, beer fuel coach back on the National Express. Just a, a beautiful day out that I'll probably remember for, for a long, long time. And in, in many ways, football's largely irrelevant to that. It's just more the sort of the sort of the camaraderie, the culture of, 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 of a day out like that. Oh, of course, it is nice to win. But the fact that we didn't hasn't ruined what was still a, a good experience. And... And Tim, you you do the same. You travel up and down the country, following following the team and meeting people you've not you've not met for ages. I think I think before we get so sort of annoyed about a one 0 victory, we we do have to sort of thank ourselves how lucky we are that also we have a team that is able to go to places like that and more often than not probably win. It didn't. We couldn't yesterday, but you know these are the good times. That that's let's enjoy them. Sorry, that sounded a bit like a. A soapbox, then. That wasn't a soapbox. I never thought I'd ever hear anybody say that uh, an away day to Newport would be a beautiful day, um, especially. Oh no, I just, I just enjoyed it. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, no, I get what you mean, and, and it was, and it was good. Uh, bumped into a few people on the train. It was a good laugh going down. Um, obviously, went to a few places before the game. That was fun. Um, and it, there was a little bit of a, an edgy atmosphere to it, which you're always going to get with, with games of that nature. Um, and the history that's gone before it, and yeah, it was good. And and and, and the good thing about it is that the feel good factor was still there after. It's not like previous seasons gone by where you'll get a defeat and you're like, oh god, same old Rex and blah blah blah. Because it isn't. You know that yesterday was the more unusual Rex that we've not seen. Thankfully, not seen enough of, and we want want it to stay that way. Um, and whichever way you look at it, you know, it's a fifth league defeat. I think that's seven in total for the season, if you include the, the cup defeats to Burton and Radford, I want to say. Um, that's like that's like one defeat on averages one defeat a month since the start of the season. You know, that if you break it down to basic math, that's not bad. That's not bad. You could lose ten games in the in this season and still go up. And I think I think we kind of regressed yesterday. Some of the fan baits regressed because when we all knew we had that opportunity to go top because of the postponed game, even if we're all honest, in the back of our minds, you're like, ah, we knew, we know, we know what's coming, we yeah, know we what's know. coming because Rex and 
can't always be that giving. They just can't. And that's fine because it keeps us grounded. And you have to be grounded. You have to be realistic. And unfortunately, real, realism and football fans tend not to go hand in hand. So the kind of the um, the knee jerk to a to a defeat is usually a little bit overboard. But then a couple of days later, things simmer down because we don't like losing. We certainly don't like losing to Newport. You know, we've had the bragging rights. They've had the bragging rights. It's an even keel. Uh, you know, if I know which position I'd rather be in, and it's not below mid table. So no. you know, we're we're still in a good place. We've got reinforcements to come in, and yeah, yesterday was a crappy. Um, not not the greatest spectacle, but that's going to happen from time to time, and we just got to get on with it. You take you take the loss, get past it, and let's let's look forward to the next couple of away days because they're going to be great. You know that they're, they're both local, they're both fairly localish. You know, within an hour, um, hour and a bit, big numbers, and it's just fun, isn't it? It's fun to watch Wrexham, irrespective of the home form and the, and the away form being so different. It's still fun, and that's the big plus of these Hollywood years, if you like, is that the fun fact that Watcher Wrexham has returned and it's sustained. Yeah, and no, I, I, I completely agree. Have um, your soapbox back? <laughs> sorry? Have your soapbox back? What I will say is a slightly different fan base from what I for Wrexham going away because there's so many people now, so many lapsed people, so many people who've come over from maybe Premier League football. Uh, they've been attracted because Wrexham's successful and when they're not successful, they there are can be some grumbles. I mean, me and you, you and, you know, me, you and Liam have, have, have had 20, 30 years of this and maybe we're a little bit more even keeled. Um, but, you know, it's great to get those extra fans on board and they will be entertained more than they're not. Now, one thing I do want to talk about is Paul Mullin. He ploughed a very sort of lone furrow up there yesterday. He looked quite quite frustrated at times. Is there anything up with Paul Mullin? Are we too harsh on him when he doesn't have a, a great game just because he is Paul Mullin and he's a victim of his own success? Liam, what do you think? Uh, I'm not harsh on him because I think there's so many mitigating factors that come into it that, you know, like I said previously, he's in, yes, he's in double figures. He's not in his best form. But we always have that massive injury to take into account. But also, I have always been of the opinion that Ollie Palmer is the best foil for Paul Mullin. Um, obviously, that's not been possible for one reason and another with injuries. But if there's a fully fit Ollie Palmer in the team, then I think as Phil Parkinson identified in that first season, that's the sort of combination you need. So I don't think. You know, Fletcher and Dolby are both good players in their own right. But, you know, in terms of that combination, I think a lot of the time the supply lines, you know, we're knocking balls into the into the channel for him to run onto. Um, and I think sort of defences that this league seem to assess that out doesn't really seem to be troubling anyone. Wing-backs not necessarily getting as many crosses in at the moment, which also means he's left with pretty slim pickings. So for me, no, I'm not going to be harsh on Mullin. Um, but interested to see what you think. Um, what I will say is Mullin's always been a better home player than he has been a away player all through his, his Wrexham career because that's just the nature of it. We're always on the front foot at home. Um, I saw some Newport fans sort of sort of fire up the criticism of, yeah, that's why Mullin will never play for Wales. Tim, what do you think about that? I mean, it's... I mean, that that, that, that was a cheap shot from, from one of the Amber Army lads um, back when we defeated him in December. I mean, yeah, it didn't really trouble them that much that, that, much that day, but th these games are always going to be nip and tuck. You know, they're always going to take a few moments of quality to get over the line, and that was the case for them yesterday. They had one decent header. They were a bit crappy in front of goal thereafter. So, um, I, I mean, I mean, the whole Wales um, argument is irrelevant now, and, and I, I was. A I don't think shot. he's going. I don't think he's. No, gonna, no, I don't think he. Is. As much as I'd love to see it, it's not going to happen, uh, barring any disasters in Rob Page's squad and, and Mullen goes on a mad, mad run of form. So um he, he's he's doing his best, but you can't score goals if you don't get the service. Um we got better service in the food kiosk than what Paul Mullen got on the pitch pitch yesterday. 
it was just I mean I don't want to I don't want to leave a point I just thought we were we were really really bad yesterday and you can't disguise that it was just crap it was crap right that's that's a fact and it, it there's a lot of pressure on Mullin to perform he's doing his best is his best good enough at the moment no but that's not his fault alone that's a team effort you know when when the service comes to him great but there was nothing into him yesterday what I said to you that you definitely feel there's there's a yard of pace that's been lost, and yeah. I, I I still I still stand by that because you know, you watch him week in week out and you think it's not quite as quick as he was. <clears throat> it doesn't matter because he's still a clever player and he's still he's still a natural goal scorer. That's it's just not a massive issue. Why but, why isn't he as quick? Is it I, because I don't know. age is catching up? He's only twenty nine. Is it Maybe. the injury? I mean, had? Is is it the injury? Because we we talked we touched on. Um, Tushimanga yesterday about he's never been the same after that that injury yeah. and he, he's he's just completely pale shadow what he is. Luckily that that hasn't happened to Paul Mullin, but I just I just think that yeah, times like yesterday was where that whole debacle of not getting Luke Armstrong in came to bite us on the ass because where you've got Fletcher he succumbed to injury, Dalby was sacrificed early doors when when Boyle got sent off. Then you've got young lad and Bickerstaff. Palmer's still making his way back for inj- injury. There's nobody else there. So there's moments like I thinking, who else have we got that can come on and do a job? And we haven't we haven't really we haven't really figured that conundrum out yet. It's still not quite there. You've got the the two main guys that you, you go you go to guys. Then we've got like a seasoned veteran who's who's hit a bit of form, but because of his age, he's going to be prone to injury injury, which is what yeah, happened yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So so we need to look at that. We need to look at that. Pretty sharpish, I would say, um, and yeah, it's 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 a it's a good test of of Parky's credentials right now because we don't lose two games in a row. The last time we did it was two seasons ago, where uh, we lost in the trophy final and we lost at Dagenham, I think. Um, other than that, we've we've not lost back back to back wins, so that's ominous. Warnings for Blackburn. If yeah. we were to lose, you know, it, then then the sort of the uh, the detractors come out again. Is this is this a mini crisis? Well, your mini I think crisis. It's a mini crisis if we lose at Salford, because yeah, I, 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 maybe. But again, you got you look at, and I don't want to, I don't want to make unfair comparisons, but Shrewsbury just sacked Taylor, haven't they today? Right, awful run of form, massive, horrible spot from. Well, you know, didn't know winning eight or lost seven out of eight, something like. And we we contribute to that. Great. Um, that's that's a mini crisis over the course of a wider season. Us losing two in a row is a slight cause con- for concern because we don't expect it. But you know what? I don't expect that to happen. I expect there yeah. to be a response, and we're going to have more bodies on the ground back back from from the injury table. So. Right, okay, yeah. you've touched on it then, so let's get into it. Why are we so bad away from home compared to at home? At home, we're absolutely, what are we, best best home form in the top top four divisions, something like that? Um, away from home, right, so this is from some stats from Richard Sutcliffe, who covers the, the, um, the club for the Athletic. Wrexham have 43 goals and 35 points at home, but just 11 goals and 17 points on the road. Um, the unexpected, right? I don't know XG. It it sort of confuses me a little bit. Liam, you look like the sort of youngster who might know what X, XG I is. I fucking hate it. Can't um, okay, stand right. it. We, okay, well we're not going to come to Liam for this one then. <laughs> <laughs> but the XG, yeah. the expected goals. I think it takes into account of how many chances you're creating, things like that, to see how many goals you should be scoring from your performance. Um, Wrexham, the best performing home team and the worst performing away team. Why are we so bad away from home? Liam, do you want to go first? Oh, that's a bad person to ask, because A, you hate XG, and B, you never bloody go away. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really put a, a finger on it scientifically. I mean, we did this to to death early doors in the Parkinson rain, didn't we? You know, we had a few podcasts where we discussed this very issue. You know, sometimes I do wonder if it's down to sort of narrower pitches, quite closed in quite closed in situations we don't really seem to get the best out of the toes of throw away from home partly because a lot of the touchlines are quite narrow like Newport was I thought um but I've seen them worse I've seen yeah them worse no no I've definitely then. seen them worse but 
generally speaking it's it's not the same you know width you don't have as much room as you do at the race course that's a that feels like a bit of a circumstantial thing really i don't think you can pin it too much on that it's just again i think it's just adapting to to circumstances as well we tend to play the same game regardless of what happens i don't feel like we you know the, the i can't remember too many occasions he's changed made changes within the system but he's never really, you know, gone as far as to change formation massively or anything like that. And I do think that's one criticism that's perhaps stuck a little bit more than others with Parkinson. Yeah, right. I've got, I've got something, Tim. What do you think about this? I think one of the contributing factors is there is zero pace in that team, and you can tell. Yesterday, we had to put our right wing back up front just to struggle them a little bit. Zero pace means that their centre halves can step up a little bit squeeze the play and really squeeze us in um and i think we struggle with quite a tight you know when when it's quite tight like that our sort of intricate passing doesn't work as well as someone just grabbing it and and, and turning the play quickly so I, I do think pace um is a is a factor why we don't do well away from home but i also think it doesn't matter as much at home because we're always on the front foot we're always like that 10 yards further forward so you're never really going to catch anyone on, on on the break at home but you might have to away do you, do you a do you sort of agree with that and and b do you think he, he might address this in, in the transfer window yeah yeah i think well yes to both because it's been clear for some time that we lack pace um across the park really i mean who's who's our fastest player ryan barnett or yeah. James Jones is our fittest, but he's not the fat, not the not the, not the fastest. So also, he's never gonna he's never gonna break the lines and do and do a long busting run with or without the ball, really, is he? So no, I, we just we just game, we, we've got the experience, we've got the gar, the the guile, and we've got the tenacity, blah blah blah. But yeah, we we we've got a slightly cumbersome uh, pace about us, um, which we're one pace, aren't we? We're one paced. Yeah, which is a little bit worrying, and I'm sure you'd like to think that that the management team will will have seen that and and look to address it, um, because you know Mendy again, one of the fastest players in the squad, and he's not with us at the moment, so it's a difficult one to iron out. However, before I before I have my sort of ten pence worth on this matter, Liam probably was was the best person to ask about this because I was simply going to ask Liam right. How do you feel when you go when you when you know Wrexham playing at home? How do you feel in the sort of you know minutes or hours leading up to that game? And let's just say that you then go to an away game. What's your overriding feeling before you step onto that bus to go to an away game? I'll it's tell very, you why in a minute. I mean, it's very different. Like when I'm pre-match these days, I'm usually preoccupied with you know what my plans are, meeting mates, that sort of thing. I'm not really. I used to get pretty nervous before matches before but when it I've said it many times I've been making predictions I don't worry about Wrexham at home yeah we had the you know the odd shaky moment early on in the season but that got sorted out pretty quickly and even though our performances haven't maybe been amazing over the last couple of weeks we've still managed to find different ways to win a match now when it comes to away games I do think it is a very different prospect you, you you do have that slight feeling of this could go either way I was looking at Newport's results before before the game and I was thinking they don't concede that many goals at home here they don't score many but it's one of those situations with with us away from home you know if they score one are we going to be able to to catch up mm. because we've struggled so much for goals so yeah if it, you do feel more mm. nervous it's a very different prospect yeah. between the two uh and I think those those very fluctuating feelings and thought processes to those home and away games, respectively, can probably be applied to a certain aspect of the player's mentality because they know at home they are almost there's almost an air of invincibility to them now, an air of arrogance so, there, you know that we yeah, will, but, we will but, find a way to win. But you you ask why we're so rubbish away. The same question could be asked of like. You know, whoever comes and plays us next, they'll go, why are teams going to Wrexham and not turning them over? Why are they struggling there? And that question will be asked. And and on the flip side to that, I think, and the, this Wrexham team, as good as they are, and I think um, Coughlin, the, the Newport County manager, described them as mentality monsters in, in the build-up to the game, which might have been a little bit of reverse psychology. 
But I think, in a weird way, I, I could be completely wrong about it, but I just wonder if there's a little bit of nagging doubt in some of the players' minds, which m- must make them wonder, why are we not picking up enough points away on the road? Why is that? Why are we so good at home where we're well-backed, but we're equally we're well-backed on the road, right? Which we are. But for whatever reason, you'll go to these places. Let's face it, Rodney Parade, not exactly the nicest ground on earth. They will have gone there and the club will have made it as uncomfortable as they possibly could for them at every given opportunity. Just the little dark arts. The little dark arts hit every turn. They would have tried that. They would have tried it on. We want to come. We want you to come here. And we're going to take you down a peg or two. And that's what teams want to do. And they will do whatever it takes to do that. So I think there is an element that we need to get past that says, you know what? There is an element of arrogance away. And whilst Wrexham are very respectful of the opposition, I think they need to maybe take some of that arrogance into the away games with them and go, right, fuck this. Let's forget about the crowd being on a bat. Let's forget about the narrow pitches. Let's forget about this down the other. Let's just take care of business and get on with it. And I fully expect us to do that. I, I think the tide is going to turn at some point. Not at the expense of our home form, though, I hope. Yeah, I think another thing that we're sort of getting near now is a lot of teams are going to be losing key people through suspension and injury. We're just getting to that that part of the season. Um, I do think our, our squad is is stronger than, than many, and I think we will be able to put out some equally decent teams, uh, even though we're, 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 we've got a big injury crisis at the moment. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't really work out why, all of a sudden, it's crept up on us. Um, right, stick with me on this one. Are our medics too good? <laughs> now it sounds like it sounds like a, a silly thing to say, but are they sort of really protective? That are they using all the latest techniques to see how our players are, and and you know, maybe even sort of taking out the 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 notion that they might play through the playing barrier or anything like that. I, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but it seems like we've got a very very high-tech, good medical team, um, maybe you know, even probably a championship standard one, but it's not helping us getting people, bodies out on, out on, on the pitch, really, is it? I mean, if you think about the sort of range of injuries we have, a lot of them do seem to happen in training. Tom O'Connor, we didn't even know about, Liam. Yeah, that, I think that was a fracture, though, wasn't it? A fractured foot as opposed to, to anything else. I'm, I wouldn't put it down to the medical team as such, because I find that quite often the, the time for the players to return is pretty quick and they've sort of t- done maybe everything. Well, sorry, to, to what my sort yeah. of point was for, which was quite ham-fistedly made, made. Yes, okay, maybe they are taking people out the firing line, but you're right. They are getting them back pretty quickly, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I've wondered if it's more to do with things like sort of style of play and, and conditioning and things like that, because... Phil Parkinson's sides are very hard-working teams. They work their absolute bollocks off. So I just, part of me wonders if it's perhaps down to that. But you're right, the absolute range of them is, you know, some of them completely freakish as well. You think of Mullins' injury, Okonkwo's injury. I think some of those you actually can't account for too much. You know, they were freakish in nature, but it is because it has become a bit of an issue at the moment, especially when at one stage you looked at our list of centre-backs and God. Christ, we've got a ridiculous strength in depth there. Now a lot of them are walking wounded and we're down to pretty much the bare bones. So I couldn't quite put a, a finger on what's caused it, but I do think we've got we've got an issue there and perhaps we'll, we'll probably come on to it, but new bodies is, is is where that sort of partly gets addressed. Do you think do you think it's there's there's a there's more and more high tempo training matches at the expense of a lack of reserve team fixtures or anything like that because um, Parky said we've got a reserve um, game lined up on Tuesday but I couldn't tell you when the last one was. Oh, it's the first one in ages, isn't it? And that's why you've had yeah, to send then, Scott Butler on loan, isn't it? Because you can't, yeah. you can't play him. That's a, that's a problem, isn't it? Especially to get walking wounded back. I would say so. I mean, I remember the, the days of covering reserve games for Wrexham when I was first starting out. They yeah. used to be every week. And yeah. you know they used to be at the race course with you know against good teams, and they just seem to be so haphazard. I, I don't think there's any sort of reserve league or anything, is there? Or, or is it just whenever they, they can fit something in? Um, the one good thing about us having bringing back the reserve side was you thought, well, at least 
some of these players on the fringes will will get regular games, and that just doesn't seem doesn't seem to be the the case. But, but what I would say is, though, I, I wouldn't have thought that that training ground matches should be that sort of high tempo, really, should they? I mean, it's it's at the end of the day, it's 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 training, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, I would have probably thought that a reserve team game would probably be more competitive than than a training training. You'd match. hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one, but you know, I'm sure I'm sure the medical team are doing their level best. And I think you know, we've had a shitload of bad luck, and we, we well, let's get it out of the way now. Let's get it out of the way now, and let's not have it at the end of the season like we did a couple of seasons ago, where we seem to lo- lose everyone. Um, well, you know, Stockport stock, stock, stock missing eleven key players, according to their fans yesterday. We're missing several as well, so it's happening to to the kind of the, the you know the top few sides as well. So, you know, every team's going to have it. Every team's going to have it. It, it, it. It's now a big, big test of of their recruitment credentials, and because this is an important window, you know, it is yeah. now more than ever. You know, um, I think so. It'd be very, very interesting to see. To see what happens, I think I think we're going to see some incomings, maybe much sooner rather than later. Now, yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. So we are what's, what's the date today? Twenty-one days mm. into the into mm. the transfer window, still nothing. Now, yes, this squad didn't need wholesale changes; it needed a tweak here and there. We've also said we thought it would be two or three with a couple of people moving out. Well, the people have been moved out now. Surely it's the time to, to bring someone in. We've got. We've got a week until the next game. Liam, do you expect us to do some business uh, this week? And if so, where's it going to be? Who is it? That's what I want to know. Who is it going to be? <laughs> I think the club's sticking pretty rigidly to its plan, which is always seems to be they're willing to go right down to the wire in order to get the, the targets that they want. You know, I think it was, um, again, Rich Tuckler from The Athletic did an article explaining how I think it was Elliot Lee had been our number one target during that preseason, but it actually took quite a while to get everything sorted. Same with George Evans as well. Parkinson's not a man who's happy to to go down his list of targets and go, okay, we can't have him. We'll go down there. It's basically, I want that man and, you know, I'll wait as long as possible to try and get them. Um, I think, you know, maybe when defeats like this happen, it does sort of prod people and, and provoke them into thinking we need to get them in right now. But I can't. I honestly can't see the club sort of changing its tactics based on you know one result or a couple of injuries here and there. It just strikes me as I don't know. I think Sean Harvey's gone into it a couple of times as well. There's been a couple of interviews with him lately, and they are they are very much set in their mindset of what they want to. Do. I don't know who it's going to be. I, I like you actually, Andy. I've come to quite round to the idea of uh, what's your Irish man called? Your Irish striker. Um, is it? Curtis, is it? Oh, Ronan. Hale. Hale, that's it. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah, Curtis I... is the guy that um, Wimbledon signed this week. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a few more, like, you know, just I've looked into it a bit more this week and it just seems like the sort of striker that we need. I, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say no to, uh, unlike Andy Gilpin, I wouldn't say no to Johnson, Clark, Harris. Or no, anything. I mean, I didn't say no to him. I didn't say no to him. I just I know, thought it was going to be a very expensive the, deal. The people um, of YouTube thought you said no to him. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. Um, I didn't say no to him. I mean, if he signed tomorrow, I'd be absolutely made up. Of course, I would be. But you know, bringing a player in like that, it's it's he'd obviously be one of your top earners. You'd have to then probably get parity with with Mullin and Lee on that. It, it becomes a very expensive proposition. No, I'm, I'm with you now, on it. I'm with you on that. But you know, that's why I thought maybe the, the, the lad Hale might be more of a gamble, of course, but. They could even because he's that that unexpected air around him. It could even pay off more. You don't know because he's in demand as well, value, isn't he? Yeah. What's the resale value on the Clark Harris going to be compared to to that to the Irish kid if he if he actually kicks on? But no, no. I mean, if he, I mean, Tim, let's talk about him because he still hasn't signed for Charlton. Uh, that was supposed to be the deal that was more or less done and dusted. Are we waiting on 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 a big name signing like that? Big name in many ways. Yeah. Me- yeah, potentially. And the more, the more I think about it just now, I kind of feel Parky's going to be inclined to go with what he's got for Blackburn. And he's got literally 14 days to get people in for Salford then. I think I think he's going to look at it 
um, uh, with that approach, really. Uh, because you know, it didn't do us any harm last season, he made a lot of changes with Coventry, and look how that turned out. So I think I think he'll go with that. I, with him willing to play the waiting game, I think I think he's going to have to. I think he's going to have to start hurrying things up a bit. I think it's all very well sort of showing your hand late on, but it, you know, as we saw with the the Armstrong thing, it could come to bite you on the ass, and they're going to be keen for that not to happen again. Um, because that would be be a PR disaster. To can't, that can't happen again. I mean, it's no, going to be no, great exactly. when that hits the dock. But yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of glossed glossed over a little bit. We 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 were fortunate with it because of the time of night by which we were doing it, and it was it was all a bit, bit not unsavory, but unfortunate at the end of the day. So I think he'll be keen to avoid a repetition of, of that happening. I don't know about the Johnson Clark Harris thing. The longer it goes on, the kind of Longer, I'm inclined to think it's not going to happen. I don't know. I just think, I think he's holding out for something down down that neck of the woods. To be to be perfectly honest, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we keep we keep saying it that you know on the recruitment front, he tends to to have more hits than misses. Um, you kind of sadly, we kind of feel like we're putting Boyle as the the most recent one of in that the, that latter category. But you know, everybody likes a good redemption story, don't they? Look at Andy Cannon. We all thought he was done and dusted. Um, one of the five players who've been sent off the season, he's come back and more so than previously. We need we need Boyle to oh, yeah. well, He was a massive, massive miss yesterday. I thought he was a huge yeah. miss. Um, yeah. just a bit of mobility and and go forward with him. So he breaks the lines. I, I mean, I like the fact that he's got the confidence now to take the ball and actually run with it and the turn. Turn you know midfielders the other way, uh, so yeah, that, in a tight space that never, never really, you know, sort of discount how how important that can be. Um, just uh, when you you talked about uh, YouTube distractors, uh, Liam, uh, there's another point I want to clarify from from last week about the big debate on Fletcher and McLean. Do we give them new deals? Um, so I think. I think Fletcher sort of proves a little bit yesterday, wasn't available. Look, you know, anyone can get injured, fair enough. Um, I think McLean is a bit of a different one. He's not a specialised left wing back. Didn't really offer much yesterday, but no one did. I think it's fine to keep the likes of James McLean for for another year. His fitness is there. If you're still in League Two or are happy in the lower reaches of League One. But I think if you really want to evolve this team you're going to need a first-choice left-wing back next season. I don't think it's James McLean. I'll, I'll be absolutely honest on that. It might be Mendy. It might not be. Um, I, I, I would say that you really want to sort of nail down that position um, for next season. And, you know, you, you, if you can get McLean on, on reduced terms, keep him around the, the club, he can play a number of positions. He can fill in at left-wing back every now and again. He could play midfield. He could play up front. But, keep, it, keep him around the club like a station cat, like Dave Jones. But you know, it's but if he's a, a big earner, I, I I would look for someone younger. I really would. That's just me. You know, people might disagree. Do you want to hear what some people it. said about it? Uh, just uh, what uh, are you? <laughs> someone called us ungrateful, crazy talk. Um, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a pile of bollocks. Bollocks spelt with an X. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are, they, are, they, um, are these our American friends, or do we think they're local? You oh, really it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone's got an opinion. I mean, I, know Fletcher, I mean, Fletcher is great when he's fit, but there's been large waves of this season where he hasn't been. If you want what Fletcher brings, then maybe get a Fletcher-type player who's a little bit younger and can play more often. Now, you're not going to get anyone as good as Fletcher for, for League One level, but you can get someone who you can mould into, into that, really. And maybe they, maybe they thought Armstrong was that player, but, you know, it never really... It never really happened. You know, pairing with Mullin and build your side around that. I'd probably say that is probably our number one priority, either this window or the next. This comment's definitely from Wrexham. It says, give your head a wobble. Oh, yeah, that's from Wrexham. Yeah. <laughs> Do, it, Andy. Do it, Do it. my dad. <laughs> my head is wobbling. <laughs> Don't come out of context. Winter, the Churchill adverts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, all right, okay. Um, let's try and wrap this up, boys. Any other business? First off, yes. uh, yeah, Neil's big planning. Big... Do we, we discuss um, the discipline issue? How much of an issue it really has become? We didn't discuss food either, did we? 
No, we've got food. Uh, and you, you need to you, just just to put put it in here in case any because I know there's a massive clamour for it. Book of a Conquo is on the shelf this week. However, Andy, Liam, and Reese are going to have the opportunity to nominate a song. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Let's, let's get this out of the way. Well, yeah, we'll get Reese in. Well, once once we know he survived the storm and managed to put no, his uh, shed Reece back together, is, uh, he's 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 uh, emailed and he said he wants the wind of change. He hasn't done that, but I'll confirm <laughs> that with him too. But yeah. I, I reckon I can make that work. Changed his life tonight. Okay, I could, I could. <laughs> yeah, all right. I finally got it now. I've not had enough coffee. Um, right, go on then. Hit me with your, your Book of a Conquer nomination, and we, we will so, put it yeah. to the public vote on Twitter. So you guys. So Reese get... is gone for Wind of Change. Uh, I want <laughs> Phantom of the Opera because <laughs> yeah. I think it will fit quite well. And I want to see your range, Timothy. I went a, a bit a bit off with the, the Elton John last week. I went I went to the highs instead of going for the the Barry mm. White. I, I You're a Welshman, low. mate. Go for aim for the lows. Always the lows. Mm. This is yeah, probably along like similar similar lines to to Elton a little bit. I've gone Christaberg, Lady in Red. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. for me. All right, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all right. So so we got Christaberg. Um, lady in red. What's yours? You need one as well. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not, not going to put myself forward. I'll, I'll just. I'll take. We'll, we'll go for the three, and then there can be. A, we can go. Well, actually, no, I will put myself forward for one. Yeah, fine, we'll do that. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to be yet, so, um, I'm going to pick a. Oh, I don't know. It's got to be some sort of rock Ballad. band, isn't it? Something like that. Um, I'm going to say. Uh, White Snake, randomly. Um, here, here I go I again on my own. Yeah, here I go again. Right. I'll, I'll try that one because right. I, I think that was... for this uh, for this feature. Actually, here he goes again on his own. <laughs> ah, yes, very well done. All right, let's talk about discipline and then let's wrap it up with, with any other business. Um, can you legislate for uh, for a referee making that decision yesterday? Uh, probably not. I mean, I don't think. Parkinson is setting us up as a dirty side. That's my two penny on that. I just think sometimes I don't know who you, even even the fact that referees are look because it's such a high profile game. Maybe they think they're under more scrutiny and they have to make every decision by the book rather than using common sense. I don't know. I just I, I just don't see us as a dirty side. And if you think of our actual disciplinary overall, there's not too many yellow cards. It's just reds. Now, that's terrible because we're going down to 10 men. But it that sort of points to the fact that I don't think we're inherently a dirty side. Liam? Uh, I'm going to hang my hat on the fact that officials in this league are very card happy. I've noticed it from day one. And the thing that annoys me about it is the lack of consistency as well. You see certain things get punished quite easily. Yet someone's got Ollie Palmer's shirt up in the air like that, hanging on to him. And nothing ever gets done about things like that. So I'm inclined to agree with you. We're not a dirty side, but perhaps sometimes players do need to be aware and get accustomed to the fact that the referees in this league are like that or their assistants, as was the case yesterday. And we just might need to be a little bit, a bit smarter. I do, before we come to Tim, I do think one thing about that. I think referees in League Two, they are the, the young up and coming ones, aren't they? So maybe they are trying to make a name or, you know, trying to impress whoever that, that might be. Uh, so I think maybe you don't have too many of your experienced old stages uh, and that might be an issue as well. Tim, anything to add on this? No, I think that's a valid point about the refereeing. Uh, I just also think that last year, I think there was a lot of emphasis placed on the disciplinary aspect because we had to try and keep us consistent as side as possible to maintain that level of consistency at the top of the table. It just had to be done. Couldn't afford for that much disruption to happen because the minute that happens, the minute you lose your consistency and the momentum. So I think they were quite a hard line on it. I think, I don't think it's consciously been relaxed, but I think it's, there's, they've just allowed a little bit of complacency to creep in on the disciplinary front. When you've got players like McLean, who's on like eight bookings already, that's going to creep up. Get booked. I'm, I'm yeah. amazed he hasn't been sent off. Yeah, so am I. So am I. Um, oh, don't touch what Don't say that, Christ. Um, so I, I think there's been a little bit where you can go, you know what, just just flex, flex your muscles a little bit more um, and maybe take the hit. But I think, yes, we've had, was it five sending offs now? 
we're still second. So I wouldn't say it's had a hugely detrimental uh, impact, but um, yeah, we're not we're not a dirty side, not 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 in the slightest. I just think we've just been allowed to um, to sort of take the, uh, the sort of reins off a little bit more. I think because we can afford to do so a bit more in this league. I think. Fair that enough. Makes well put. Well put. Yeah. Right. Can we just mention the ladies first? Because that, that's in my head. Obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shit a bit in South Wales with obviously the Newport loss. And then today, the women uh, lost to uh, essentially their nemesis is now, which is Cardiff City, league leaders, unbeaten. Um, Cardiff won 3 0. They were very good, Cardiff, to be fair. Um, Wrexham weren't, weren't really at the races, um, had a lot of injuries. So, I mean, Rosie yeah. Hughes didn't start, did she? She came on. She came off off the bench because um, she's been injured. So she she's got a few minutes under her belt. So it was good to see. Um, and yeah, it was Steve Dale's fiftieth game in charge. Didn't quite get the result that they would have wanted to have got for him. But you know, it's still a learning curve, and they're, they're still well in the hunt for for you know top sort of top three, top four spot at the first time of asking in this division. So you know what? Yeah, you play Cardiff. I think three times now the season they've lost a lot, but they'll learn they'll learn a lot more from it. Than, than, the, than the odd win so I think they'll, they'll be all, all the more stronger for it next season as well when those games come yeah. around I think you're right there it's it's Cardiff is what they aspire to and they yeah. are a newly promoted side so it's a very tough ass for them to come up and and you know beat a side like, like Cardiff straight, straight away so yeah they will be better prepared next season for however it. surprised um, surprised the attendance 1300 1319 at the Cardiff City Stadium I bet. I bet there was a lot of Wrexham there. People who stayed down. Know, and maybe there, there would have been a few. I, I just, I just think you know, you know, considering that that Cardiff are always there, thereabouts, and they're always pushing for for Europe, and they've been in Europe, and you know, they're the kind of like the, the team to beat in Welsh women's football. That's a pretty, um, that's a pretty poor turnout, I think. It'd be no, interesting I mean, on the other foot, you know, at the race course. We all know what would what would happen, but there we are. I digress. Okay. Um, I cracked. Um, I am one of the 7,000 who are coming to Blackburn. Um, yeah. Uh, How many days off do you book for it? Well, this is the clever thing. I, I, what I've done is I've worked Sunday. I'm going to take Monday as my loo day, and I'm going to work late on Tuesday. So I'm actually not, not, not taking any, uh, any holidays. I'm meeting a fella called Martin, who I've never met before, on the, M2, on the corner of the M285, and we're going to drive up and split the oh, petrol. You're going dogging yeah. on the way to Blackburn. Oh, um, you're having a Lou day. That's L I E U, not Elder Below. For any anybody who was, I wondered why he didn't have a nickname yet. Yeah, you know, your friends usually have nicknames, but you sort of got to wait with him. I, I thought well, it's gonna be like French Marty or uh, something well, like that. Motorway Martin. Motorway Martin. Is it? <laughs> yeah, Motorway Martin's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm having that. Um, yeah, but just going back to like uh, back the away days, it's all about this, isn't it? You know, meeting someone you don't know, going up to a game together. Great. I'm really looking forward to it. I just couldn't. I, not I really, go. really, really hope it's Martin Riley. That would make me laugh so much. That, I, I would like that. He would convince you that the earth is flat the and he would tell um, you that you should have had more COVID injections, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've never been to Ewood Park. It's the fourth round of the cup. How many times are we going to get to the fourth round of the cup? Hopefully a lot, but you don't know. So I just can't. I, I would hate it to have just been watching it on telly. I had to, I, I had to go. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's absolutely brilliant that they've sold out their allocation for a Monday night. And well done to everyone for coming. Um, I just Thank wish, you. Yeah. yeah, okay. Even Liam's <laughs> going to be there. That's how, that's how nuts this game's going to be. Um, other big news, R. McNeil. Uh, has walked uh, all the way to Old Trafford. Tim, you know more about this. Yeah, Neil, um, very good lad, uh, Neil Smith. He basically spent best part of three days going from walking from Denby to Old Trafford uh, in memory of his his brother Chris, who sadly passed away recently. Uh, Chris was a massive Man United fan, hence why Neil decided to, to finish the the journey at Old Trafford. Um, as of this moment, the he, he kept on up in the target because I think initially it was like a grand or a grand and a half. He's now just raised over five thousand oh, pounds for the uh, the Mind Mental Health Charity. So that's a massive, massive well done to Neil. But if you can still give, please go and sponsor him. Um, I'm trying to find the uh, 
can you pop yeah, it in the pop it yeah i'm popping the link yeah. on the youtube link i think i did that last time so we'll put that up there again it's it's a massive walk you know it is a massive walk it's a massive effort so well done to neil um I'm sure your brother would be very proud of you, mate. So well done to you. And uh, yeah, get yourself well in pizza in a hot bath, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, Mendy at the AFCON, are you watching any of your games, Liam? I haven't, no. I've, I've not got that much time on my hands. You know, as, you, as you know, I'm such a busy man. I just haven't got time for these things. But I've been keeping track, though, because I was very worried about him uh, when the plane incident happened. I thought, what are they doing to our Jacob? But he seems to... Um, he, did he start the last game? He did. Seems I watched got it. quite seems yeah, to got I quite a lot of rave it, yeah. reviews on social media from you know Gambia fans saying that's our left left back situation sorted basically because they did Good. have Ibu Torre from Stockport. Oh, do... isn't it great to put one over Stockport in in the same sort of notion? Well, I, I watched the game and it was like, you ever do you ever play the FIFA where you just play one person? You know, yeah. where you got like t- it was just a bit like that. All my all my sort of energy and attention was just on Jacob. Um, and it didn't matter what else was going on in the game. I was just wanting him to do well. I'm out shouting cover, cover, and and things like that. But I think he, I think he had a good game, and I think it's great for him to go to a tournament like that. I think it will do wonders for his confidence. He'll be pitting himself against some Premier League level players, and you know he will come back a better player for that. Yeah. So, well done. You can Tim, think so. Sorry. I just could say you can think selfishly about it and say, oh, you know, I wish he was worse. But I think you're right. It's a great opportunity for him. And fingers crossed, comes back all the more confident for it. Definitely. Tim, anything to add before we say goodbye? We won't do predictions today because we're hoping to sneak in a Blackburn um, preview special before. We are going to sneak in. <laughs> and how, how's Reese going to excuse himself from that one? What's his excuse? I don't know. Um, the roof, the roof's come off. I, my. <laughs> I don't know, my hamster oh, yeah. blew up, something like that. I've been enlisted in the army. I don't know, something. <laughs> uh, uh, we join the Foreign Legion. We can, we, can create, we can create that game, Reese's Excuses. Um, yeah, yeah I don't think there's anything else to add off the top of my head. Just want to say thank you to everybody who's who's uh, done one of the buy us a coffee things to help us with the, the upkeep of the pods, because I know... You. Andy said at the start about the fat board, give us some bits and they do to help with certain things um, for the pod, but there's still other costs, which, which we do incur, um, which help towards it. So thank you for that. So yeah, go on. It's a charity as well. So that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So go to our link tree and, um, and the, the stuff's there about the bias coffee, which, um, which is very nice. So in any bias, um, a scampion <laughs> chips, if you want as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Food. What I had. food. Right. This is a full day of food yesterday, right? I had special K red berries in, in, in the morning. <laughs> then I had an M&M, M&S meal deal of a BLT, um, some olives and feta in a little, in a little bowl and, um, a pink lemonade. Now, when I brought out the olives, the lads I was on the coach with, they, 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 they couldn't believe it was just one crisps. Anyway, got to Newport. I had two chicken strips and a cheese and onion pasty from Greg's. Nothing really chucking out there, but I was still hungry. So I had chicken wings and loaded fries from, um, from Tiny Rebel uh, Tap Bar in the middle of Newport, which I thoroughly recommend. It's really good, really good bar there. If they just had a few more bar staff on, it would have been perfect. Uh, I was still hungry uh, and... Yeah, I had I had on the way back. Don't judge me. Um, you know those Sainsbury's uh, cookies. Uh, I, yeah, I, you get a pack of five for about uh, one pound thirty from the bakery. I ate all five on the way back. You and can I put it away, can't you? Bloody hell! Yeah, absolutely, wow. do not do not owe anyone an apology for that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, good evening. Very, good evening diabetes. Day. This is Andy yeah. Gilpin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I've eaten extremely well today uh, to make up for, for yesterday. I had a, I had a, well the only food I want to concentrate on really is the one I had at, at Newport itself. The catering trucks around the back were not too bad. There was a double chicken burger. I think it was about eight quid. I was like, oh, it looks quite nice. Sort of southern fried sort of fillet. So I'll give it a go. So I asked for um, it. And then she, she like she just whacked this these two fillets on a bun, and she went, "Do you want lettuce?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll have a little bit of lettuce." She literally just put like a leaf of lettuce on, on this bun, it wasn't buttered or anything. 
Um, yeah, it's just a bit weird. Football food for the large part is still shit, and nothing's ever going to beat Kidderminster Harriers and their their fabled cottage pies. Oh um, god, the cottage pies! I know. I mean, we sound yeah, like Mark Griffiths here, don't we? Um, we need to <laughs> not make this a regular thunder. Don't steal his pie thunder. That would upset him. Um, no, well, he's not. He's, he's a very hard man to upset. To be fair, um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much everything we've waffled. But it's been a good waffle, an enjoyable waffle, not potato waffle. That probably cost about eight quid in Newport as well, but. It's been a good waffle. I think we've got a lot off our chest. It's been nice to actually moan for a change. We've we've had it all too easy. Too too many sunshines and rainbows in, in recent You know months. what, mate? Every time when I was covering uh, Wrexham and covering football teams, I always found a losing match report a lot easier to write than a winning one. Yeah. It just um it just sort of concentrates your thoughts a little bit on, on what goes wrong. Um so yeah, um I'm always up for this. I'm just worried about Reese now, caught in a Caught in a hurricane. I mean, the Valley. If he's no longer with us, I don't have to do Windsor Change. That's the only kind of plus side to it, I suppose. Okay. Well, um, can you all vote for Windsor Change as the memorial Reese Williams song, please? <laughs> uh, we want a whistle as well. Right. Okay. On that bombshell, let's end it for, 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 for tonight. Goodbye from me. Oh, is that we're doing it that way? Are we? Goodbye from <laughs> yeah. me. Goodbye from you. It's like is that university challenge, was it? I can't remember. No, it was more coming wise, isn't it? And something. Oh yeah, something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. the two Ronnies, of course. It was the two Ronnies. Up the unbearable red. From him. Up uh, the unbearable pray for, red. Pray for Reese's back doors. Yeah. Oof, cracky. <laughs> All right. Marky in. Good night. Good night. Good night.